the federal land uh, comment that he makes, right? He's talking about why don't I like the feminist movement? Biden went for his checkup at Walter Reed. Oh, and step number three is the telepathic mental manipulation. You can't just erase biological women by, by taking Show my name is Shipwreck, and I'll be your hostess with the mostest. Interesting to me that all of these these trans women want to come out and help. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And tonight we've got Ship and Shan without the Shan. I don't know where she is. I sent her the link. Um, and so more to come. If she makes it, then she will pop in. If she doesn't, then that has to be okay. But welcome to the live, you guys. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Wednesday to all of you. D Browding, D Browding, you know, DB, what's up? What's up? It's good to see you. Thanks for being here. Amy Lewis is in the house. And Angie Barnes and Rasa. Scott Meyer and Heather, the artist. And Christian, welcome to the live. I'm going to scroll all the way up to the top. Who did we have in here first tonight? Uh, Ray Lee was in here first tonight. Arlie was in here first. You told me how to say your name, and then uh, I forgot. And every time I tried to say it, I forgot. Crazy, Crazy Rob's World was next. Alex King and Ranch Crouton. You guys, welcome to live, and a happy Wednesday to you. Shannon it did make it, so I'm going to bring her on in just a minute. Tonight, we are going to be talking about Typhoid Mary, and the reason that we are going to be talking about Typhoid Mary is because all throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, whenever we would make content about the masks or the jabs or the restrictions automatically when we would fall into that algorithm, this was the comeback that I got an awful lot. Uh, people would come back and say, okay, Typhoid Mary, enough to where I actually had to go and research Typhoid Mary and learn the story of Typhoid Mary so that when I made my clapback videos, I kind of knew what the hell I was talking about. So without further ado, I want to bring on Bannon Shannon into the house to talk about Typhoid Mary with us. Hello, Typhoid hello. Mary and Bannon. Welcome to the show. I mean, do I sound okay? It's, listen. It's per norm. It's a shit show over here. Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound fine. Do you have your mic on or is it? It is. It is not on. Okay. Why, why is it? So I had to do that. Hi, guys. Oh, my God. It's so good to see you guys because, like, I can't. I'm not allowed to follow anybody on Chani Talk, right? So it's, like, really cool to be able to just say mm -hmm. hi. I can't make comments. I have had so many videos hi hello oh my god you guys make my heart so happy i was technical difficulties per 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 norm we all know that i struggle with this anyways and then i had to relocate stone stony what's up my dude anyways okay get distracted i'm excited that tonight it's not my responsibility because <laughs> i can't even i can't even handle what i'm supposed to handle right now hi guys audi what's up you guys, I'm sorry. I'm, I feel like, oh, gee, thank you. I'm, I can't even find the bag with all my stuff in it. That's okay. Life, life is it's all really good. We're, we're here tonight. Yeah. And tonight, 
tonight you can hang back and you can just learn with us. Thank and God. then next week you can just hang back too because next week we're just doing the oh, watch party. Right. I might not be here. So, uh, Sonia, I know. Sonia, like, mess, I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, oh, mama's right. You guys are amazing. So, oh, William. See, I can't even fucking. Williams, oh. thank you so much for the super so, sticker. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on. In all fairness, guys, she had that one text you. Oh, thank you, Stone. Uh, life has really kicked me on the balls lately and I kind of went into okay. a little bit of, of a whirlwind and I just want to say it because, and then we'll go into your shit, right? It's not your show tonight. I love your shit. Sure. <laughs> but it seemed like every day something was happening and then, um, came home the other night and, uh, my dog had passed away. Um, and it's Aww. just has been it, it's, i mean loss of life is not brand new i'm not trying to be like oh my god my dog died and i don't know how to do technology but truly like um more for my girls um i did not have to move i just i'm picking up every extra job that i can right now and so that's why i had relocated mm-hmm. and i just want you guys to some degree understand because i I care about y'all that are here anyways. And so, um, I buried my dog with my eight year old last night and I, it's just, Oh, that's sad. Anyways. Okay. So on, but I got to teach him to be tough and appreciate the, the, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've just, I'm kind of been in my, I, so, but I'm here to sit back. I'm excited. I'm really excited because I've heard this typhoid Mary. Right. And I was like, who the fuck is that? Honestly, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. But in all honesty, nobody I ever called you a typhoid Mary. I have never been called. God, that. they called me yeah. that all the time. Oh really? my god! Yeah, like every other comment for a while there. Yeah, really? they were like, "Okay, typhoid Mary." Yeah, because I well, wouldn't I'm wear a mask. Thank you guys. I'm. I'm. Oh, Scott, thank you guys. It is. It is hard, but it's. I don't know. It's kind of beautiful at the same time. Um, especially living in the world that we do right now, but I, I appreciate you guys. It has been hard, but I, and I'm not saying that out of pity. I just want you guys to know that my brain, my, I'm trying real hard to hold shit together, but I'll never drop the ball here. Not completely. Ship knows I'm a fuck up. So it's okay. She knows how to deal with me. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, well, time would marry- no, I've never, I don't think. Unless I missed it, which <laughs> very possible in the comment section. Um, no, I've never been called that. So I'm so they curious. called me. I I have been called this an awful lot. So that's really? that's kind of the point that so because I was called typhoid Mary an awful lot, and this was back when the COVID nineteen pandemic initially had started and back when my content was a little more combative. And so sure. I was coming sure. back at comments repeatedly. And so sure. one of the consistent comments I got was typhoid Mary. So I had to go and learn the story of typhoid Mary so that I could figure out a way to come back at people. And actually this was one of the reasons. Sure. Come back. Mm -hmm. We, this was one of, we do. This was one of the reasons uh, that I started to really question um, the government's hand in big pharma and medication and medical decisions of the, the, yeah, was the, Mm -hmm. the, typhoid plague now there's a lot of plagues and this is actually going to be kind of a series because it ties into the the federal reserve then it ties into the titanic and it ties into this all happened in the span of the same 
If, but I don't know how Mary ties into that because, like, um, the Titanic and all we're going to talk about that. Oh, I'm so excited! I was like, because yep, part of like, I think yeah. a lot of us crazy conspiracy theorists we we know what the Titanic was all about, right? We know the truth there, mm-hmm. and but this typhoid Mary thing, like, I'm so excited. Was she like a distraction, like like the vid was? Like, is that I'm excited? Anyways, okay, I'm just excited to figure it out. Take she. Your- yeah, well, well, what I'm going to do first is I've got a video that kind of breaks down what the mainstream ideology behind typhoid Mary and typhoid fever is about. It's going to share the story of what typhoid was, and then it's going to talk to you about typhoid Mary. And this is the general story that everybody accepted when it came to the typhoid, uh, the typhoid fever. It's right. kind of like, do you remember the story about the cow that kicked over the lantern in Chicago? Yeah. And it burned the whole city down. So there's a conspiracy theory behind that, too, that that never actually happened the way that they said it is. So this is kind of a very similar thing. Um, And if you're here from Twitter and you're here because you saw a tweet or one of my tweet replies that people got like this whole idea of asymptomatic spread, the way that people cling to this um, as if it's gospel is insane to me. Is that so bizarre? Because I had it. It's bizarre as fuck. I, these it people really came is. hard and hot. And I'm like, look, Typhoid Mary didn't end up having typhoid in the first place. So, and they, they were like, yes, she did. And then they're sending me out. And I'm like, yeah, you're sending me screenshots from the state's public health department. What? But the which private is so- doctors that she hired said she didn't have it. I, which is so crazy. But they're like, oh, so you're just you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, no. Like, I'm telling you, this is what was reported. Like, here is the stuff. It's Here's so the documentation. Cool. Why is it? That Lord, they have- Lord, people went. Still. Did they it's been bar- five years. Still. Still going nuts. Put and your mask on. Because they're like, they'll come at you and they'll be like, where are your sources? Here the fuck they are. Here are the sources. And they're That's like. That's not good enough. Right? I'm like, what do you want? Like, what do you want from me? It's not a conversation for us. Anyway. Because, yeah. Right. We could go on and on about correct. That. I mean, what we so say happens. So. Correct. So if you're here from that tweet and you're big mad, let's want you to know that you being offended is a you problem, not a me problem. So sit with that for a little while. And I'm so sad. Okay. I oh, can't yeah. follow anyone on TikTok. I, I go to your account every day ship and like that's the first. Like, I'm like, I appreciate I that. That's okay. I'm like, oh, no, no, I can't. I, I don't know. They don't want me to have friends. (laughs) They're all like, no, Shannon. All right. So let's play the video. So I got to pull it up here. The stuff. All right. And then then these videos, if you're listening or watching after the fact, these videos are saved again in the playlist called the stuff. So if you're watching after the fact and the video is just gone, go and watch the video in the playlist called the stuff. And the one that we're going to play Today is the one that is 11 minutes and 35 seconds long. It's called Typhoid Mary, the original asymptomatic spreader. I'm so excited for this. In the early 1900s, a relatively new area of study, and doctors were only beginning to understand how bacterial diseases like typhoid were spread. At the same time, a poor Irish immigrant who worked as a cook for wealthy New York families was acting as a one-person super spreader leaving a trail of sickness and death in her wake, which would forever earn her the name Typhoid Mary. Today, we're going to take a look at the true story of the woman called Typhoid Mary. But before we get started, be sure to subscribe to the Weird History Channel and let us know in the comments below what bizarre medical stories you hear about. 
Okay, let's mask up and meet Typhoid Mary. When Mary Mallon was first quarantined in 1907, doctors determined she had already infected 22 people and caused the death of a young girl. By the time she was permanently quarantined in 1915, she had infected 50 at least three of whom had died. No asymptomatic carriers of typhoid had ever been identified at that time, so Mallon, who was always healthy, never believed she was the source of the outbreak. Nonetheless, public health officials repeatedly traced the frequent typhoid outbreaks right back to Mary, and despite a lifetime of resistance, Mallon eventually wound up in permanent quarantine. The first vaccine for typhoid was created in 1896. While it was a great help to soldiers who were at high risk of contracting the illness, it never became widespread enough to be of much value to the general public. I want to pause this for a second and let everybody know. So the first vaccine came out and then medication to treat typhoid Mary came out after that. Or typhoid Mary, typhoid fever came out after that. When do you create a vaccine first and then a treatment later? Are you like kidding? the treatment was like four, the four years later is when they finally found a treatment for it. Just Where wanted to put that out there. Okay. I'm so Ridic- grateful. It's ridiculous. Why? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't it like 19, what year? 1904, 1907. Like when was Mary a big deal? And how the 1907. Fuck 1907. We're going to get there. So in the early okay. 1900s, We're gonna get the there. disease was still extremely dangerous and had a mortality rate of about 10%. The symptoms of typhoid are not pleasant. One to three weeks after infection, a person suffering from typhoid typically contracted a dangerously high fever. This was quickly followed by nausea, vomiting, muscle pain, and headaches. Following that, a distinctive rash would appear on the victim's chest. If no treatment was administered by this point, the next phase would usually be intestinal bleeding, leading to blood clots under the skin. In some of the most dangerous cases, the abdomen would then be distended. In 1906, a homeowner whose family had endured a particularly violent and seemingly inexplicable outbreak of typhoid hired a New York State Department of Health sanitary engineer named George Soper to figure out what happened. Soper knew the incubation period of the salmonella bacteria that causes typhoid was exactly three weeks. Starting his investigation by examining the servants, his suspicions quickly fell on an Irish immigrant who had been hired as a cook precisely three weeks before everyone got sick. That person, Mary Mallon. Born in 1868 in what is today Northern Ireland, Mary came to the United States in the year of either 1883 or 1884. She started off living with an aunt and uncle and found work as a cook for well-to-do families. Soper ran a background check on Mallon and quickly saw that typhoid victims seemed to appear wherever she went. He also noticed she had a habit of changing jobs and names after each outbreak. Putting two and two together, Soper figured he had his woman. Soper questioned Mary and raised the possibility that she could be the carrier that was causing the typhoid outbreaks. Despite the evidence, Mallon denied Soper's allegations and resisted testing. No matter how many outbreaks followed her career, Mallon steadfastly refused to admit that she was the carrier of typhoid. Instead, she would quietly slip away after each outbreak, change her name slightly, and find a new job with a new family. Whether Mary actually understood she was a carrier of the disease and what is to be gleaned from her behavior is unclear. Her habit of changing her name could imply she was deceived people into hiring her because she knew she was sick 
or it could simply be a person's innocent attempt to avoid press attention. Typhoid at the time was typically associated with poor hygiene and, by extension, poor people. As such, New York's health officials were surprised to encounter the illness in wealthy and upper-middle-class households. Servants were put under the microscope, so to speak, and eventually they got around to marry. For poor hygiene did turn out to be an issue. When first questioned by health officials in 1907, Mallon told them she didn't see any point in washing her hands before she handled food. This might sound reckless to us today, but in 1907, the theory of germs was relatively new, and Mary didn't seem to believe sickness could be transferred by physical contact. That being the case... I'd like to pause there again and just talk a little bit about the hygiene stuff. So the fact that hygiene had an attribution to viruses and bacteria didn't yeah. really come to fruition until the Spanish flu. Nobody washed their hands back then. It wasn't like good hygiene was not a thing back in 1907 that nobody did. The rich didn't, the poor didn't. It was still a relatively new concept that they didn't teach. They didn't do plague. That was in the 1800s. But that was a big thing about hygiene. I think it's the black plague. They, they had said that the black plague, because it was spread by mice, and it was spread by fleas, I want to say if I remember this right, and so it became a matter of cleaning your space, but Not they didn't fully, well. even then it wasn't a, it wasn't a bacteria necessarily type thing, it became about cleaning your space, and cleaning like your body, like if you had fleas or anything on your body, that was the, that was the black plague. It didn't really come to fruition until the Spanish flu, which was after this, that good hygiene and washing your hands, you know, after being around sick people was something that could curb the viruses of many things. Just, I, I think, just want to put that out there. And in yeah. a way, so they knew they were well aware before the Spanish flu. That that was a thing that personal hygiene. No, was they did. No, they didn't figure it out until the Spanish flu. Oh, okay. Okay. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. She wouldn't see why hand washing was important. Scary stuff to think about. On one occasion in 1907, Dr. Soper came to Malin's workplace to take samples. Mary took this intrusion about as well as you'd expect, which is to say she completely refused to cooperate. In fact, one version of the story holds that Malin snatched up a meat cleaver and chased Dr. Soper out of the house. Yes, Other she did. Other versions say it was a rolling pin or a meat fork, but no matter what kitchen utensil it was, the gist is always the same. It took several more tries before authorities were able to get the goods on Malin, and she never became more cooperative. Soper eventually planned on having her forcibly restrained so samples could be taken. But before he was able to carry out his plan, the authorities intervened. Even then, Mary wouldn't give in, and their attempt to capture her culminated in a three-hour foot chase. Mary was apparently pretty fast on her feet. They found Despite her in a closet, an all-out effort by to the avoid way. it, Malin was finally really? apprehended and taken into custody in 1907. Doctors took urine, stool, and tissue samples, which eventually confirmed that Malin was carrying the typhoid bacteria. This despite the fact that she displayed no symptoms herself. By all accounts, she seemed to be a picture of health. With no cure available, health officials had to find another course of action to protect the public. Malin was deemed a threat to society, and it was decided that she would be quarantined. Though she fought every step of the way, she was eventually confined to a single occupancy cottage at Riverside Hospital for Communicable Diseases, located on New York's North Brother Island. 
When confronted by reporters, Malin said she believed she was being treated unjustly, and she continued to insist that there was no way she could have typhoid. Nonetheless, Mary's case attracted so much attention, she was labeled Typhoid Mary in a 1908 issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association, and the name stuck. Mary Mallon wasn't America's first typhoid carrier, but she was the first asymptomatic carrier ever identified. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are we back? No, it it was me. Oh, I thought it was me. I was like, no, it's me. Okay. We good? Nope. It's me. Sorry. Not yet. Just give it a minute. Okay. So it's me. What if I'm, I'm the problem. It's me. I'll be back. Okay. I think we're back. All right. Here we go. Avoid outbreaks. They couldn't prove how or why she was involved. Mary didn't take kindly to the attention. Why her? She angrily claimed to be a victim of a government conspiracy, and at some points the public even seemed to agree with her. Regardless, authorities knew she had to be the carrier and were desperate to stop the trail of sickness and death she left in her wake. Scientists of Malin's time were never able to figure out how she could carry the bacteria that caused typhoid without showing symptoms. But in 2013, a group of researchers at Stanford solved the riddle. To put it as simply as possible, the salmonella bacteria behind the spread of typhoid has the ability to hide in immune cells known as macrophages and hijack their metabolism for their own purposes. If this hijacking is successful, the person in question can spread the bacteria while themselves appearing healthy. Yeah, that sounds familiar. In mm-hmm. 1910, Mary Mallon was released from her first quarantine under the condition that she would never again work as a cook. She took a job doing laundry but it didn't last long. She left the position after a short time and returned to cooking for families. The authorities got back on Mary's trail, but she managed to avoid them by frequently changing jobs and names. Finally, in 1915, Sloan Maternity Hospital in New York had an outbreak of 25 new typhoid cases. Malin was discovered working there as a cook and was quickly arrested and returned to quarantine. By 1915, Malin was infamously known to all as Typhoid Mary. She had been recaptured and placed back in quarantine at North Brother Island in New York. Her life there was not pleasant. Whether due to her intransigence with the doctors and staff or the facility's complete inexperience at handling cases like Mary's, it's known that she was treated inhumanely. The initial tests performed discovered that Malin's gallbladder was riddled with salmonella bacteria. They wanted to remove the organ during her first quarantine, but she refused to allow it. They tried again during her second quarantine, and once again Mary managed to avoid the procedure. She wasn't able to avoid everything, though. Over her remaining years at the facility, doctors took over 160 biological samples from her body, all against her wishes. As if that wasn't indignity enough, Malin was often shown off to journalists and interns as a specimen. When she wasn't being prodded or exploited, she was being neglected. As her interactions were severely limited by the doctors, she was only allowed to wash bottles in a laboratory. 
Dubbed the most dangerous woman in America, Mary Mallon had finally worn out whatever goodwill she had left with the authorities. Deciding that she simply could not be trusted to give up cooking or follow any sort of prevention guidelines, New York State public health officials decided she had to be quarantined for the remainder of her life. That's right, for life. She spent her remaining years in virtual isolation at the quarantine cottage on North Brother Island. Mary died in 1938, and though reports on the matter conflict, it is believed she likely passed away from pneumonia. It's not known how many cases of typhoid she spread in her lifetime, but estimates suggest she caused no less than 51 cases, resulting in three fatalities. What the fuck? While mm-hmm. the discovery of an asymptomatic typhoid carrier was big news in 1906, yeah, you know, by the time Mary died in 1938, it was old hat. By that point, over 400 other healthy carriers had been identified. Yet, according to the surviving records, not a single one of these others received the same forced confinement that Mary Mallon did. The jarring discrepancy raised important philosophical questions about epidemic and public health protocols. Some began to wonder whether forcibly confining someone for the greater good of society at large was justifiable. Others pointed out that it was Mary's lack of honesty and refusal to cooperate that merited such severe treatment. These issues are still relevant in modern epidemiology. So what do you think? Do you feel any sympathy for typhoid Mary? Or do you think she got what she deserved? Let us know... No, we're not going to let you know. I, so that's I, the story of typhoid Mary. The, a couple reports that I read, she actually died from a stroke. That's what I read in like four different articles. So I'm not sure. what I've okay. not read the pneumonia one. I'd heard that she died from a stroke or complication. I mean, I feel like that's a fair assessment, the amount of stress. What I wonder, so was she in on this from the get-go? Why did they pick her? <laughs> because back then, there was also a great uh, like religious war going on between the irish immigrants and the english folks like the irish this is back when the irish were considered to be slaves right they could only get right. shit jobs they got paid mere nothing they were the poor community so there was that aspect of it um that the majority of the people in the poor communities were the irish immigrants yes and so that's why I thought this was just kind of like it only affected poor people it didn't affect the rich what people the fuck? Why her? Why was she? Why was one person who? Why was one person arrested from a football game for not wearing a mask, but nobody else was? Yeah. What? What is it about? What? There has to be some. They made it. They made an example of her. Follow the rules, or else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. Is, that's is, so shitty. And she was a fighter, like. Oh, yeah. I'm not, like I yeah. feel like I'm a, part of me initially, like like I was curious, like was she in on it from the get go? But they no. just picked her out she, because of what she they did. did. They did. She was a woman back then. Back then, too, it was real common for these uh, like house servants or slaves or whatever you want to consider them uh, yeah. to be. Uh, like sexually harassed by the husbands of the family that they worked with. I mean, that right. it's that's like every story that you read about back in these times. So that could have something to do with it. The families that she worked with were very prominent, mm-hmm. um, given her attitude towards uh, like the law and things like that. I can only bet that maybe her attitude towards the wealthy, maybe kind of similar. That's why they maybe they her. because they picked her. Yeah. The elite, the wealthy, that was mm-hmm. the person they were familiar with. And they were like, well, she's a trash slave. 
and but they all knew her yeah. name because she had a mouth and she but the more important the most important thing to talk about this is the timing of it that's probably the more important thing Tassie, thank you so much for the very generous super sticker. We love your face. Thank you. For That's what I'm so curious time. about is the connection um, that you're going to do. Was... So the timing of this. So this happened in late 1906 into 1907 into 1908. So in that year and a half between, you know, that middle year between the two years, there was also a lot going on politically. There was the the Irish and the, the, the I can't think I can drawn a blank there was the irish and the english like the clashing right they were considered second grade citizens they were considered basically slaves at the time um but then there was also something called the panic of 1907 and we're going to talk about that in a minute but first i want to go through this other article that i found that wrote the story of typhoid mary in a much different way now this one goes on to state that uh, this the story is sad. So Malin was a working class immigrant who became a national sensation after she was discovered to be an asymptomatic carrier of typhoid. I want to remind everybody, too, that this was the first asymptomatic person ever. Like this oh, was shit. where the term came from was typhoid like Mary a CIA thing. Kind of like it, it's possible. Okay. But this happened in New York City in the early 1900s. Though she infected over 50 people and caused three deaths, she never believed in her diagnosis. She resisted the government, ordered quarantine, but was ultimately forced into isolation twice for a total of 26 years. A century later, the question still remains, was Typhoid Mary a reckless super spreader or was she the target of an unjust system? Um, this part just kind of goes in to talk about who Typhoid Mary was and where she came from. This part talks about when she got there and what she did. Uh, this is a little bit about the um, the owners that she worked for. So the elitist family that she worked for. So in the summer of 1906, New Yorker banker Charles Henry Warren rented out his estate at Oyster Bay to the well-to-do family of George Thompson. Soon after, the entire family and the estate's hired help fell ill with typhoid fever, a disease that was, at the time, believed to be linked with poverty and filth. By early autumn, six of the 11 people in the house were sick. At the time, typhoid fever had a death rate of about 10%. Vaccinations against the disease wouldn't be publicly available until 1914, but an effective antibiotic treatment wasn't developed until 1948. How are you going to develop a vaccination and not a treatment for it? And like in a, what, this is like a, a fucking 40 year span, 30 year span. Yeah. Because like 1800s, the late 1800s. And then they're saying that 1914, oh, these motherfucker. I feel like that it was, it was all on purpose. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know why either. Well, but, but Warren, anyway, so if they have this yeah. vaccine before, sorry, if they have That's this right. vaccine before uh, whatever the epidemic, whatever is, they fucking knew. They fucking knew. And then they waited until 1914 and said, okay, here's your vaccine. But then, like you said, they don't have. And if what, this antibody in between, was it a conspiracy theory? I don't know. I, I cannot figure out how they came up with a vaccine before an antibiotic. Well, That's what knew, I can't figure out. They knew. That's just they weird knew. to me. Uh, maybe it's normal. Familiar. I'm not a doctor. No, I'm not a doctor. This is just opinions. Vax first and treat later. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe this was like a covid vax situation. I mean, it's it possible. sounds that's what I like. That's what I mean. It sounds all this. 
sounds all well it gets it gets more and more sounds like covid here in just a minute but um, Warren, so the family was afraid that his estate was contaminated with typhoid baculus. He hired Soper to investigate the cause of the outbreak, and it didn't take long before Soper suspected the presence of the new house cook was connected to the sudden outbreak. And it was the media that really picked it up and, and made her a pariah. Like, they, really they completely dragged her through the mud. The newspaper article about Mary Mallon uh, or typhoid Mary was an, an asymptomatic carrier of typhoid fever and it was front page news everywhere <clears throat> i'm gonna scroll down i want to go through this part over the previous seven years malin's employers has also for similar outbreaks i also want to talk about how they only found 400 more asymptomatic spreaders in new york during typhoid over that after she had been on quarantine over that Are that 26 year span well, right so they so these, there were at least 400 other asymptomatic people out there. God knows how many more asymptomatic people sure. were out there. So there's no way to prove that this family was getting this diseases from her because sure. really it was all around. If the family was walking down the street or anything, it was all over the place, especially since hygiene wasn't necessarily anybody at the forefront of anybody's mind. So they really couldn't defend it. I would, I don't, I can't imagine this would ever hold up in any kind of court of law now, sure. but maybe um so they took it they forced it and people took it as truth they said it and people believed it and that's that's and then the media picked it up and made it even worse so they did all their blood tests and they did everything and because the initial blood tests that was done by the state department came back positive they quarantined her so they quarantined her twice this is the first time they quarantined her She goes into this quarantine and she's so pissed off. She's angry. She doesn't believe it. She thinks right. it's all bogus. And so yeah. she actually hires. Let me scroll down and make sure I get this right. The government detained her for no reason. Uh, they tried to treat her with a bunch of different stuff, too, while she was there. Uh, but none of it worked. So while she was there, she actually sued the state of New York. And in pre- preparation for the trial, Typhoid Mary had sent bio samples to a private lab that she had hired where right. all her tests came back negative for typhoid. The results only strengthened her conviction that she had been wrongly accused for infecting other people with the disease. She goes on to quote that this is a con- this contention that I am a perpetual menace in the spread of thyroid germs is not true. I am an innocent human being. I have committed no crime and I am treated like an outcast, a criminal. It is unjust, outrageous, and uncivilized. So once the state of New York, once that whole thing went to trial, she actually ended up losing the trial, but they did release her under the pretense that she would no longer be a cook. Unfortunately, in that time, being a cook is the only thing that paid any kind of living wage for people in that social status. And so she did laundry for a little bit, but eventually she had to go back and be a cook because she wasn't making enough to survive. And when she went back to make a cook, then there was another outbreak. But at the same time that that outbreak was happening, there were outbreaks happening all around them. And so there's, again, there was no way to prove and why wasn't she getting any of these other people sick? The people that she was staying with, the people well, that yeah, you know, the people that she was super close with. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they said something about like only three deaths can quote unquote be attributed mm-hmm. to her. Which, although that's tragic, we're not talking about a pandemic when we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The whole like, thing is very sad. She actually had to use her sad. own funds to get a private lab to come out and say no, she doesn't have typhoid. She never had typhoid typhoid 
And they still put her back into quarantine after that had happened without any testing or anything. And they were saying, so one of the comebacks that I was getting on Twitter was that, well, they performed all what 106 tests. The doctors, the doctors didn't do it. It wasn't necessarily private doctors that were doing this. This was, this was your department of health, your Dr. Fauci's your NIH of the time. That don't actually have. This is your, your PCR test. You have no, like they have, there's, you have no idea. And the one private test that she did and it came back negative. So this is all, so I'm going, I'm going, it's horseshit. And I'm going through all of this and I'm like, man, this is just a lot for, for something else to not be going on. And that is when I found out about the panic of 1907. So when the typhoid Mary story broke, and the headlines came what the out. Fuck was going on it was at the exact same time that the financial system in the ni- early 1900s had started to collapse. Stop so it. this is called the Panic of 1907, and the global financial crisis that had inspired the mo- the monetary reform movement, and eventually led to the creation of the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve System. Oh, now, the Federal God. Reserve System was not created like the brick and mortar of the Federal Reserve System. Sure. was not created until uh 1913 after the so but, but 1907 was this little like this little like group of people this is when it and started when, this is when it started during the typhoid hysteria during oh. their like today's modern covid we're trying to usher yeah, in look digital currency now. look mm-hmm. 100% like this is all way too relatable oh my god Wow, this is wow, and I, it's crazy. I mean, we can't know everything, but like, I knew nothing about her, and that almost makes me feel guilty because she was, she's somebody everybody should know. Mm-hmm. And the I'm vaccine gonna... was created in 1914, and it was only given to military personnel at the time. Which I thought oh was odd too, because the majority of people that were being affected by typhoid fever were the poor, not right. necessarily the military. Like the so, service. it was very interesting. How very it sounds so familiar. Control. There was a there was there was you know a, a jab that was directed towards certain communities uh, originally, and then you know they're offering a hundred dollars, which is only. That only works for certain communities, right? That's only tempting to certain communities. Barely wipe our ass with $100. Like, you need a cheeseburger and we'll give you the vaccine. Now, what's even more interesting about it is that, so this all happened in 1907. And in 1912, so we talked about 1907, this was going down and this was the, the, the bank panic of 1907 was also one of the very first bank runs that ever happened. So some of the bigger banks, they started to fail. Everybody panicked, went and drew all their money out. Yes. And they started this federal reserve, the monetary reform movement. Then, so from 1907 to 1912, they're trying to push in this, this federal reserve, right? But they can't. Do you know why they can't Shannon? To please tell me. Cause no, I because- don't. Because there are a handful of people that won't do it, people in in prominent positions. But what happened to those people? They got on a ship. What ship did they get on? They got on the fucking Titanic. They got on the fucking Titanic and it sank. And so then in 1913, the Federal Reserve was created, the brick and mortar. By the people. But this all started with the Titanic. 
they were supposed to be on the Titanic, but last minute they did not get on the ship. Exactly. They were all supposed to do this together. And then the few people that opposed this idea, they were the ones that stayed on the ship. And then, then the other ones. John <laughs> Astor, Jimmy the Martin. Astor family was the, probably the biggest voice when it came to people who were against the federal reserve was John Astor and his family. They did not think it was a good idea. They thought it was government overreach uh, and mm -hmm. they vehemently denied to do it because they denied to do it. They couldn't push it to go through. But then they died on the Titanic. And William, right. thank you so much for the super sticker. We love your face. We appreciate you so much. But then he died. And then after that, the Federal Reserve was then created in 1913. And right then do you know what happened after 1913? Which part? The Spanish flu happened in 19 oh, wow. area in 1918. Oh That's not a personal so attack. 19 Are you fucking kidding me? That's when the Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. I'm sorry. Nope. You're fine. Hold on. I got to check something really quick. So the Spanish flu. The Spanish flu. That's what they. It estimated to kill over 500 million people. What's that? That's like, it's so obvious now. And I don't know if it's because we've now literally lived it. But like, you're mm -hmm. talking about history and like, I know. To some degree, like I'm a believer, history history repeats itself and all these things. But it's like you're talking about it now, and I'm like, it's so relatable. And then it all starts to click, and I can't help but react to it because look at what's happening now, and everybody is scared, significant, and for good reason, as far as like their money in their bank account and their savings account, all this stuff. You should be scared. And the fact that the Spanish flu, which I did not know this, like that happened right as the Federal Reserve was created because there was a lot of opposition to that because that's privately owned. Correct. Yeah. The Federal Reserve is not owned by the Fed. It's not owned by the government. How do you? Even and know it used to be. This was about. So. So then that happened. Okay. And then we had the Spanish flu, which lasted from two uh, from. 1918 to 1919, the end of 1919. And then after that, do you know what happened about a couple years, five years after that? I got to find it again. Hold on. When did 1933? So it happened in 1919, about 10 years, 11 years after that, they changed from the gold standard to the bills. Oh, fuck. So that yeah. the whole financial system changed. Right, which we've touched on that when I talked about like gold, like they wanted the gold back, and then they told people they couldn't have it, mm -hmm. and that they couldn't go to the bank and cash in for gold. The fact that this ties to typhoid Mary is mind-boggling, but it also helps it make so much sense that this has been a plan. It's all planned. It's all planned. So what's interesting, Mindbender, are we talking, are you talking about the typhoid vax? Do you think that came from, do you think Spanish flu came from the typhoid vax? That's what she's saying. I mean, I never I'm, thought about that. Certainly not opposed to it. It came out of, I, I can pull it up just all the time. Like what's coming next? Like what did they put in the vax? What's coming in with, within the next year or two? I think about that. And so this. Okay. So the two men that created the typhoid fever vaccine was 
uh, Pfeiffer and Wright. And so this was historians credit two researchers, British pathologist Almroth Wright, A-L-M-R-O-T-H Wright, and German bacteriologist (laughs) Richard Pfeiffer. It's weird. With the developing developing the first typhoid fever vaccine in 1896, as they were working simultaneously with the typh on the typhoid vaccine, the British Army commissioned Wright to develop a typhoid fever vaccine in December of 1895, and then he published the research on the subject in 1896. Pfeiffer published experimental studies on the vaccine in November of 1896. Although both men reportedly knew each other's work and never even spoke at some point during the research, there was a battle over who was truly first. In 2018, so this century, the WHO recommended a typhoid conjugate vaccine for typhoid fever, which is a new vaccine reported can be used to administer to children as young as six months and offers long-lasting immunity than other vaccines that were currently available. Oh, my God. I didn't even know. So they in 2018, sorry. I just want to make sure I'm hearing you. They changed it. A typhoid fever vaccine was available for six month olds for yeah your kids they're part of their baby vaccines she's oh, the typhoid Christ. vaccine is wow. okay. i think it's part of like your i don't even know what anymore wow but okay. yeah i don't i don't see it, it was she says it was a vaccine for something else i'd have to look um but that's interesting what i i just i thought was more interesting is that they gave it only to the military they didn't give it to the poor communities that were affected by typhoid all right, like that's where they started. It's, yeah, that's like when the vaccines for COVID came out, they gave them to kids. They didn't give them to old people. Yeah, they, right. And <laughs> Which made no sense because kids no. weren't detrimentally affected by COVID. And they also found out that the asymptomatic spread was bullshit too, that they I weren't know. asymptomatically spreading anything. No, which is what that, this whole thing is so familiar, but like they're giving it to people that didn't need it. And then as time went on, they're like, okay, wait, immunocompromised older people. And then they were like, okay, the military has to have it. And then Mm -hmm. they went to like these poor communities have to have it. And like, I'm certainly in that bracket, but like, it's all the same. This is like, it's this idea of pretending to be helpful but you're you're actually getting rid of people. You're getting rid of communities. You are Yeah. It was population control. The map. On purpose. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? How is I'd the- have to go back. I'd have to dig what? a little deeper into typhoid and find out like exactly like- where it started and how it started and where it started from and I know. Like whose was idea it a, was, was it? A bat out of China? Like whose idea was it? Like right? where did this come from? And was it as Cause somebody, we were, uh, somebody in my comments too on TikTok, they were asking me about the, was it the black plague was a Nostradamus and the black, it was Nostradamus and the black plague. So they, we were talking about the black plague and mm-hmm. how that contributes to like COVID-19, right? Like, cause a lot of people, they were comparing COVID-19 to the plague. Well, and because that was happening, I had to go a deep dive into the plague because I'm right. like, what like if this if if you're telling me what I'm experiencing now is the same as that they experienced a plague back in the 1800s, I need to go find out what the fuck happened. And yeah. you're never going to guess what I found. Oh. There was a large group of people that thought that the entire thing with the Black Plague was propaganda, Are and they so they the me? media had dubbed the media had dubbed them the anti-mask brigade. Uh, stop! No, what? Mm-hmm. 
I gotta find okay. it. Let me see if I can find it. Oh shit! This was a while back. I mean, right? But it's all the fucking same. How is it? It's because these people don't do actual research, right? Because we like there are certain. I mean, and I do believe we're the majority. Oh that yeah. When anything happens, we go wait. What? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Kind of like mm-hmm. landing on the moon doesn't make any fucking sense, but. That's still no. So this was called when mask wearing rules in the 1918 pandemic faced resistance. This was 1918. This would have been the Spanish flu. So this was, this was not the plague. This was the influenza pandemic of 1918 and 1919 was the most deadly flu outbreak in history, killing up to 50 million people worldwide in the United States. It ultimately killed 675,000 people. Local governments rolled out incentives to try to stop the spread. These varied by region and included closing schools and places of public amusement, enforcing no spitting ordinances, gross, encouraging people to use handkerchiefs or disposable tissues and requiring people to wear masks in public. So mask wearing ordinances mainly, popped up between the western states and appeared that most people complied with them the nation was still fighting world war one and the officials framed the anti-flu measures as a way to protect the troops from deadly outbreaks um masks were made of gauze even more porous material hold on i know the mask slackers so still for the small percentage of people small percentage of people who went without a mask who went without a mask entirely report reports suggest their issue had no less to do with science behind them and more to do with personal comfort. Have you heard that before? What the fuck? So they didn't have, they didn't have internet back then, so they couldn't like go and read stuff. Yeah, they couldn't talk to you. Each other. Had, uh somebody states that you you read routinely about people not wanting to wear them because they're hot and stuffy. Uh, some people what? argue against them because they say they create a fear in public and that we want to keep people calm, which I think is really an excuse to critique them because someone doesn't want to wear them. Wow. Um, some businesses worried that they customers would shop less if, if they had to wear a mask when they went outside. And some people claim that mask ordinances were infringements upon their civil liberties. Yet more important in terms of critiques, Bristow says, is an idea that we've heard today as well as they gave people a false sense of security. So this was back in 1918. They determined that masks gave you a false sense of security. security. When have we heard this before? Oh my Lord Fauci got up there himself and said the exact same thing. And why is it that so many people, because he did, he absolutely said this stuff, but it's like these people, like they didn't hear it when he said it. And so then we're like, no, this, I know, even though we cannot stand him, these people were like, no, I'm a mask slacker. I'm a mask fucking t-shirt and I really need somebody. I really, I need yeah. that in my life. So if you think about it, what the fuck? <laughs> like, so when I read that, I'm like, so was like, were these plagues just like COVID was? I f- did it really kill 670,000 people? Or did those people all mostly die of dysentery, but they were just labeled as the plague? I, because people were still dying of dysentery and starvation and just general right. poorness. And they were keeping them poor huh. and they were making it worse by what they were doing because they were. I mean, they were trying to eliminate that part of the population. It's the same fucking thing. And this is blowing my mind. Because I didn't. I I know. 
I didn't know this stuff, but like it's they're doing the same thing. It worked that. So here's why won't it work? Here's one for you. So it wasn't scientifically written down or proven that that uh, sanitary hygiene can prevent the spread of diseases. Scientifically proven during the Spanish flu, right? But back during the Black Plague, when Nostradamus was alive, Nostradamus was a doctor during the Black Plague, and Nostradamus had figured out. That as long as you washed your hands before you saw a patient, washed your hands after you saw a patient, and then made sure that the patient themselves had been washed before you visited them, that he would not catch them, which is why he never got sick. Nostradamus saw like 400 and some odd patients and never caught the plague because these were the rules that he had set in place. This is what you need to do in order for me to come see them. And so they did. And do you know what happened? They tried to hang him for it. They called it like witchcraft. I don't know what they called it back then, but it was very like very similar to because he was an astrologist at the same time right. too, and yeah, he was trying to heal energy, people with herbs and smoke. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The, things, the things that they mm-hmm. can't they can't, they can't beat that. So, but then he proved it. And then we still didn't know it then until fucking almost a hundred years later. Well, not well, people years, did 80 know years it, later. My math is bad. Honest to God, that must they be They knew it. Our ancestors. That's, that's, that's Trust the it. science. Trust the science. <laughs> you bet your ass. Dark magic. Oh, dances with squirrels. Says that was like 200 years before the discovery of bacteria too. Yeah. You would think that they would have like been able to correlate this as they figured out bacteria, but because well, Nostradamus did. and at the time was kind of labeled, was labeled a quack. Right. They, they did. Didn't, it wasn't so ever that, documented. The people that did figure it out, they were fucking, they're gone. They, it was crazy. It's the same. We need shit. to. It's the same shit. We had a lot of doctors speaking out straight out the gate from the vid. Tell me where they right. are now. And not only because I can re- like as far as like research and stuff, there was a there's been for many years as far as cancer goes. There's a lot of holistic doctors whose their places were burnt to the ground or they just disappeared. And we're not even talking about the 1930s. We are talking about in the 2000s plus. They just, they're just gone. They're just gone. Just poof. Just poof. Uh, past lives. So this is comes from, so this was, uh, what's her name? Dolores Cannon. Didn't she do um, a session where a gentleman, they, they'd found out during the, the session of a past life session that he was an Ostradamus. Is this where that's coming uh, from? What? I listened to that. I've never heard It's of very that. interesting. I am pretty sure I used to be typhoid Mary. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think you probably As soon as I read that she had chased them them state officials around with a steak knife, I was here for it. <laughs> you were like, like, that's me. That's memories. <laughs> typhoid Mary is my spirit animal, probably. Oh, that's what's um, up. That's what's up. Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah, I'm saying. Well, Shan, we got about six minutes left. Do you want to you add anything tonight? you have anything oh, you want to leave everybody with? or No, my brain is fried. It was fried before we started, and none of my stuff was working, so now it's extra fried. Other than, um, I'm just gonna go with the same shit. Stay strong. That's it. Stay. And I don't mean fit. I mean emotionally strong. Don't don't let them ruin you, and and don't let them put you in a position to where you're ready to quit. That's all. I'm That's here it. for it. That's it. Well, guys, we're going to wrap this up a little bit early. We love your faces. Today is Wednesday, meaning we will be live again Friday at noon for the Nooner for Fanfare Friday. I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. I got some more Tucker stuff we can go through if you want to. Uh, I'll try and put some stuff together, maybe some fun videos. We could talk a little bit about, um, 
I don't know. This is kind of old news by now. I can't think of his name now. Crowder, Louder Crowder. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to talk about him, but now I'm kind of debating on whether I want to or not. Like I said, it's old news. I, I don't think he's going to well, be able to come back. I don't even know what happened this, so. What? I don't even know. They got so di- they're getting divorced. There you get him and his wife are getting divorced, which is one thing. But yeah. I guess like this what? video surfaced of him just being a total, total oh, douchebag no. to her. Like oh. he's like, yelling at her and like threatening her and that's really it's bad. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah. Thank you. Mama yeah. Sarah. And so you, uh, I don't know. we'll see. I'm super curious yeah. about something. Yeah. There's some connection and there's three places and it has to do with like Washington DC and different. I don't know. I have a lot of ideas for next Wednesday, but if we have to keep talking about if we need to carry it, I've so mm-hmm. I've learned so many things recently. Next Wednesday is the Trump thing for the third time. Oh! God, you'd think I'd know that by now. It's all right. That's why I have a Sonia. Next, so yeah, next Wednesday, Ship and Shan's night. We're actually going to be streaming the Trump Town Hall. What the uh, fuck? Did what made him listen? Okay, sorry guys. The show was. It's going to be great. It's going. We're going to make it a pajama party. Well, who got him to say yes to CNN? That's what I. Yeah, want. I can't wait. I fucking hear oh, I'm for stoked. it. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm here for it. it. I'm here for I, it. I am too. Okay, I'm done. I'm dead. You guys, we love your faces. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mama says hi and watch out for deer. Bye, guys. Back off, I'll take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong.